There we go. All right, y'all. We've had some technical difficulties, but I believe we have them resolved. We do. Welcome to 2021. This is the Suits and Boots podcast with your host. Suits. And Boots, but that's backwards, but your name. That was not that's, that's That's right. Yeah, oh, you're, yeah. That's you're, right. you're the Boots person. You don't wear suits. Oh, that's right. It was backwards. Your suits, I'm boots. Yeah, you know, I wear the suits. All right, used to, and you wear the boots. It's been a long last several days. Yep, it's been a tough few days, but we're not going to go into it. Uh, real quick, we're going to jump right into a few of our sponsors. Uh, Hospitality Heating and Air, two locations conveniently located in Rock Hill in Columbia, South Carolina, specializing in heating and air conditioning and the number one American standard dealer in South Carolina. Boasting a 4.5 stars on 160 Google reviews. Contact them at 803-980-4677. Second one, controlled sites. If you're looking for an efficient stormwater inspection and documentation service provider, here ends your search. Contact them today at, well, not today, but probably Monday at 803-222-3660. Third sponsor, Essential Surveillance, my favorite. Your York County camera experts. Because you own it. Thank you. Your York County camera experts that specialize in hardwired camera systems for your home or business. No monthly fees or contracts required. Contact me next week, 803-992-0219. And then the last one to start off is going to be Michael Wynn, Realtor. Thinking about buying or selling real estate, let Michael Wynn your local motivated and trusted Keller Williams realtor guide you home. Win with Micah by calling him at 803-616-2320, and he does not care when you call him. He's a realtor. They're open 24 Yeah, they don't care. Because they want to sell your house. Mm, he needs to sell ours. They get paid commissions. <laughs> All right. 2021, first recording episode of 2021. Wait, I'm the first one? Yeah, the first one for, of 2021. The, for this year. That's what's up. Yeah, man. We have a special guest. All right. Mr. Alex White. Alex and I came to know each other. We met at church. We both, well, all three of us attend Liberty in York, South Carolina. Yep. And uh, he heard we had a podcast and he said, Hey, man, I want to be on your podcast. Real quick, though. The only thing we can't do is we can't just, we just can't notice, we can't say who I work for. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the only thing we can do. But other than that, go ahead. I don't even know who you work for. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alex White. How's everybody doing? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm Alex White. Um, I, I'll lay it, lay it at this. I, I work at one of the major hospitals in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I am a North Carolina certified peer support specialist, um, which means I have a... Uh, I have a lived life experience in mental health and or substance abuse, and mine happens to be that that and. Okay. So, and yeah, I came to you. I asked you if you had done one on done a podcast on addiction, and you were like, "Not yet." And I was like, "Hey, when you get done, get truth ready. is, I don't think I'd even thought about it at that point. No, which was odd because I have an addictive trait personality myself, and my wife can attest to that. I get addicted to stuff real easy. You know, when people start talking about addiction, they automatically assume drinking and drugs. Absolutely. But you can get addicted to many things. That goes way deep. <laughs> Caffeine. Yeah. Food. Nicotine. Food. Food. 
Uh, why, why do you keep saying that? Because you're addicted to food. You called me fat for the last two weeks. Now you're that wasn't a here? fat joke. It's a true statement. You are addicted to I mean, you food. lost a lot of weight. He has. <laughs> well, see, what had happened was I lost weight, and then I got off of the program and gained some weight back. Oh, that's okay. Well, no, it's not, because the last couple of weeks we had a fight because she basically called me fat. And it you're addicted my, to eating. And it hurt my feelings. I didn't call him fat. You were cracking a joke about us being me being olive oil. No, 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 no. I did not start it. You started. So she used olive oil instead of Crisco. No, you know olive oil. <laughs> Hush. Popeye and olive oil. About her. So she started it. She started calling me fat. We were here hanging out one night with all our friends, and she said something about me gaining weight, and she did it two weekends in a row, and it started giving me a bad complex. Now. <laughs> I've been back on program trying to lose this weight that I gained back. How much did you How much did you gain back? I don't know. I never got on a scale. Okay. I'm not a person to get on a scale. I judge by how my clothes fit and right, how same. I feel. Well, I do both, though. Right. But I've lost. I mean, me me working at the hospital, running around the the emergency room like I did. I mean, between December second of 2019 to December 2nd of 2020, I've lost 100 pounds. Wow. Good for you. Wow. I was 300 and like 75 to 84 pounds. Nothing special. Pounds. Just work like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I take an ADHD medication. So okay. it, it's also an appetite suppressant. So, mm-hmm. um, but it also, it also helps with, um, with the ADHD. And yes, yeah, so I went to my doctor and I said, hey, listen, I was like, you know, my, my psychiatrist, and we'll get into that as, mm-hmm. as we go. But I said, hey, I was like, listen, I really don't like the stuff that you have me on right now. I was like, I am kind of eating like crazy with it. And she was like, yeah. She was like, well, you've heard of Vyvanse. And I was like, that's exactly what I was coming to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why? I said, because I heard it's an appetite suppressant more than, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an ADHD med, but it's also an appetite suppressant. And it helps basically 50-50. And it really mm-hmm. did. I mean, it helped. And everybody's like, so how'd you do it? And I'm like, Really? I mean, and I almost have to be like, you know, amphetamines. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and that's what it is. But, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's legal and as long as you're taking it correctly, which I was and I am. And, you know, that's that. So, right. I mean, but, yeah, lots of water, lots of uh, lots of better foods and, um, mm-hmm. and, and Vyvanse. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but, I mean, it's true. I mean. We are not telling you that if you need to lose no, weight, don't get on Vyvanse. I'm not, I'm not endorsing that whatsoever. Right. That, that's that. I highly, and I, I, don't, I also don't, don't endorse going and using amphetamines. But we got in a fight here last, well, I wouldn't say we got in a fight, but. You could tell she was upset last Saturday night because we come over here on Saturday nights and hang out with our, our friends. Right. And she made another joke, another <laughs> remark, and I'd had enough. So I said something to her, and I told her something about her looking like olive oil off of Popeye because she's so skinny and that she needed to eat a double cheeseburger. That's just Alex, wrong. she didn't speak to me the rest of the night. I don't blame her. That was the most awkward ride home ever. But I oh, do I'm apologize. Sure I mean, yeah, I mean, I apologize the next morning. We're all good now. We are. We, we got it out. Long. So I promised y'all we talk. Thing. I promised them on Facebook we'd talk about what one of our fights was in the last couple of weeks, and that was one of them. That's the only one we've had in a while. Anywho, so, <laughs> Mister, we have Alex, another one. 
I don't know. I don't want to think about it right now. I don't want to bring up us fighting. Okay. Today's focus is on Mr. Alex and him to educate us on what exactly an addict is and what it can do to them as a person themselves and those around them. And basically, I guess, give us some advice as if we have a family member or a loved one that is an addict, what we can do to help them. So take it away, Mr. Alex. How to explain to us, too, how to notice it wouldn't be you, you, you signs would notice of what they may or may not be going through and dealing with right so um uh, to begin with i mean what what is an addict i mean it, in simple layman's terms you know it, it's it's somebody who is addicted to something that is that is either unhealthy or healthy for them but most of the time that 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 habit or that addiction becomes unhealthy you see people you know I, i'm not i'm not saying that it's not healthy to go to the gym and work out but you see people that's literally going to the gym for three four five six hours at a time that that's one of these things is where you're doing something healthy mm-hmm. but it's becoming to where it's interfering with the your rest of your life. family life your schooling your work Daily life that, yeah anything exactly. that takes priority over the rest of your life right and it can it can even wreck relationships, but more than anything, addiction to substance such as alcohol and drugs, um, it that is that's one of the most wrecking ways of ruining a relationship, a family, um, the family dynamic per se, um, and it, it can it can really take you down a dark road. Um, I myself am. A recovering addict of opioid pain pills and um, benzodiazepines and that's such things as your Ativan and your Xanax um, they call them benzos that's a, that's a slang term for them mm-hmm. um, so addiction can, can can damage a lot of things but one of the things you'll see in, in, in these family members possibly is, is things like um, starting to sell things that they saw that were prize like a prize to them you know if they had you know a diamond ring or something like that and they go sell it well, why did you go sell your diamond ring i needed the money well what for nothing it just i just needed the money if you start seeing <laughs> start seeing some needles <laughs> Mm-hmm. around the house start seeing uh, rolling papers things like that you start seeing things that just don't belong or family you, members start noticing things are missing that too that too there's a lot of theft in in, in addiction um because they gotta feed that need they have to and they'll they'll wake up dope sick and that's what they call it that's um one of the things is um heroin addicts they call it dope sick when they've they've gotten high and they come down they go to sleep they wake up the next morning and they're nauseous um, and they're, they're vomiting possibly. They're, they even have, you know, upset stomach, diarrhea, you know, and Pepto-Bismol ain't going to help that. I mean, it will, but it's not going to. They have to go get that fix. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, they'll start grabbing stuff that <laughs> even is, you know, a prize to you, something valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for instance, my uncle, 
He used to take VCRs and DVD players to the pawn shop to get 25 bucks to go score a, go score a mm-hmm. crack rock. You know, um, so you start seeing changes in that person for the negative, obviously. Um, they're doing a lot more partying. That's another thing. Hanging out with the wrong with with the, with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what about unexplained accidents in the vehicle? Mm-hmm. You ever thought about that? Because mm-hmm. my my cousin, who he's 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 sideswiped a few things before. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened. Oh, we do. You were drunk. Mm-hmm. Simple. Or they try and start hiding things. You know, things like that. Um, but what were the, some of the other questions? I'm trying to, well, trying to keep up. I've got a question, if you don't mind. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. You know, did something occur or, you know, I guess start from the beginning. What led you to the addiction? Yeah, that's simple. Um, that's, a simple that's a very simple answer. Um, so, uh, age 17, I was diagnosed as bipolar. Um, and my uncle, he... Um, oh. My uncle, he, uh, he, he, was, he was bipolar. Mm-hmm. But at 17, you also see him as bipolar and a crack addict. Well, 17 years old, you don't really associate. You, you start to associate those two things together because you haven't seen somebody who's bipolar and who is not an addict. I'm not an addict. Doc, I, I'm not bipolar. You can... You can <laughs> There's, there's some slang words there. Uh, you know, and I told him to go pound sand, basically. Mm-hmm. So, and then you fast forward 12 years later, after you see the ups and the downs of my personality, of, I get, oh, not my personality, because it's not a personality disorder. It's, a, it's just how I would be impulsive. I was irrational. I would just, I was hypersexual. Things like that. Um, my, my mood would swing. It just shift. I mean, simple things, just boom, I'd fly off the handle. <coughs> and um, so my addiction actually came when I actually started having orthopedic knee surgery on my left knee. And the doctor, the anesthesiologist walked in, he says, all right, Mr. White, so we're going to do this nerve block on you. And I said, wonderful. You're going to do it in OR, right? No. Whoa. First off, that's where my anxiety ramped up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when, where are you going to do this at? We're going to do it right here. I'm in the pre-op room. No, you're not doing that right here. You're not. You're, no. They were actually going to do the nerve block in your knee. No, in 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 that in the actually, it's in the quad. They do it in the quad, and they find that uh, femoral nerve. Yeah, femoral nerve, and they have a catheter that lays right on top of it and it just drips um, like a Novocaine type um, medication onto that nerve and it stops that pain. pain. Hmm. So he said, I'm going to do that. And I said, all right. You know, I was like, uh, well, you're going to have to do that in OR. I was like, because I'm not going to be awake for this. He goes, well, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to really be awake in here either. I said, no, 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 no. This is not how this is going down. And he just looks at me and goes, you know what, stop, time out. Let's, let's regroup here. I said, all right. What we're going to do is, uh, you know, I was, I'm going to give you some medication. I, I need you to know that. You're going to have some medication. It's going to make you sleepy and everything. I said, okay, cool. 
he said, but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change things up a little bit. He goes, and if, if I take a time out for this real quick, it, it's just that when you give fentanyl, you give it as micrograms, not in milligrams. It's like a hundred times or a thousand times stronger than morphine. And this is the synthetic drug that is dropping people like flies on the streets right now. So he said, instead of a hundred micrograms of fentanyl, I'm gonna give you a hundred and fifty micrograms of fentanyl. Say what? Really? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, and I'm also, instead of five milligrams of Versed, I'm going to give you 10 milligrams of Versed. Doc, you're trying to snow me, bro. These are both narcotics. Yes. And I said, uh, <clears throat> all right, let's do it. And I hadn't had a problem with any substance ever in my life before this very moment. That's what I was going to ask was. There's not one time. Not one time. This doctor walks in there with the, with the CRNA, and she lays me down, puts the cardiac leads on, puts the nasal cannula in, you know. And she goes, all right, Mr. White, we're going to go ahead and lay you on back. I said, all right. Next thing I know is the ceiling hit my face. And I knew that once that fentanyl hit my veins, I had a problem. And that's fact. Because after that, it was just a downward spiral. You saw me fiend for that drug, for that high. And that's the highest I'd ever been in my life, literally. For an addict, the first time they get that quote-unquote high or mm-hmm. that feeling, yeah, it's greater than any other time. You, your, your goal is to that's why that. People, that's why people overdose. They want that feeling again. They're chasing that initial high. Right. And they'll, you know, they'll put, they'll load the needle up and just go. And make it more. And, and more. And more. And, more. and, so and they, they'll never find that high again because it's just like trying to find, well, it's your just body, like a, it's it's like a genie in a bottle. You'll right. never find a genie in a bottle. And your body never. starts to get used to stuff. Oh, and yeah. It, and it accommodates or, or, or builds up, uh, I guess you could call it not, not really an immune system, but a, a tolerance for it. Right. But the, the, the biggest thing right right there is, is that surgery that they did on my knee when they did, because they were going to cut the bone out of my leg, like cut part of the tibia out, put three screws back in. And uh, you, you remember me coming in with crutches. Then that wasn't that surgery. That was the right knee. This is the left knee. And I was in recovery when I had this stuff done in 2018 and 2019 to the right knee. Mm-hmm. But the left knee, it was done in, in 2013. And that surgery, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They had to stop the surgery because there was not enough cartilage left underneath my up, up underneath my, my my kneecap, mm-hmm. or in the medical world the patella, mm-hmm. and they had to he had to regroup. And when he did, he brought me back again in January. Same situation. It was the le- it was the lesser dose of fentanyl because I knew what was coming at this time. Mm-hmm. More fentanyl for another nerve block more Versed for another nerve block. And you know, before every surgery, they usually give you a little dose of Versed anyway, just to kind of ease you out, kind of calm your nerves down. That's always given, you know? But no, fentanyl is never always given pre-op, you know? But the thing is, is that when they did the surgery in January of 2014, they sent me 
they sent me to the orthopedic floor to stay overnight and I actually succeeded with this surgery because they actually had cadaver cartilage and they did all the good stuff and so when they did that in January 2014 they sent me up to the orthopedic floor and they gave me a pump with a trigger on it so you could feed it to yourself so I could feed fentanyl to myself and all I did was sit there and they, they clocked me at like 85 times in like a minute now how mm. because it, you're in the medical field mm-hmm. what percentage of people that go in for work to be done surgery stuff like that come out addicted to the medicine that they're given that um, if you had to just a random number i know you i know you're I, you know i don't and I, I would say that it's it's it probably it's all more depends traumatic. on your personality. It's more traumatic surgeries in terms of like you had a severe car accident, you broke your femur and stuff like that, and they're going to put rods and pins and stuff in your leg, and they're going to just dose you completely right. the whole entire time you're there and just snow you. Right. It's things like that. It's not your it's not your everyday you know run of the mill man or woman who has a, a good family now, that does happen but i'm not saying that it's an everyday thing but they, a lot of it's got to do with the personality i'd say person. so and i was gonna say a lot of it's underlying mental health you know with the even with having the surgery and stuff do you think you would have become the addict that you became if you had not been prior previously diagnosed with bipolar no i, I can i can i can almost i can say that with a with a 94 percent probability that I would have not I would not have been the addict I became which makes sense I have a former family member that was bipolar yeah and later on in life we found out that he was an alcoholic he was also addicted to drugs and so it's making sense to me why now he was like that because it could have been triggered by the bipolar so when I and I, let me let me say this real quick though, when I went and had this when I had the surgery done, I went home. I came home with three prescriptions, and I you know we had this. We've I'm not making this political whatsoever, but I tell this to my patients day in and day out. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you voted on. Every single one of them voted to pass one drug that came into my that came into my life. All for a payout, and that's Purdue Pharma with OxyContin. OxyContin was given to me for two weeks straight, every 12 hours, 20 milligrams every 12 hours the first week, second week 10 milligrams, and that's called <coughs> that's, titra- that's titrating the dose down because they know the withdrawal that would happen. That would put me on something called Subutex or methadone or things of that nature, which is like um, it's it's a it's called medication-assisted treatment. And they get a certain amount, and that helps them with the withdrawals. And they less and less and less and less. But now people are beginning to figure out, oh, I can use Subutex and get high as a kite, you know, and still use. I've and always felt the medical field was crooked. It's, it's a. Um, I can't prove it. No, I mean, but I believe that. And when I say there's the medical, aspects. when I say the, when I say I believe the medical field is crooked, I don't mean every single doctor out there, oh, yeah. every nurse. What I'm saying is you've got these big healthcare industries that are getting money to do things a certain way. Well, that's the thing. The doctors, they, I actually have a 13-page uh, 
paper written on Oxycontin that I wrote for for my um, for my bachelor's program that I'm in for psychology, um, and uh, it was about Oxycontin and how you know doctors weren't warned about how this was supposed to how this was going to happen. They weren't warned about how the side effect or what the, what this would do to the population that was given it. And it ended up hurting a lot of people. And But we also have a lot of people now in treatment centers that have been down the same path in terms of, you know, being given narcotic pain pills to turn them into an addict and then that, that leads them into a life of recovery. Then they choose to take it and do something with it just like I am. Mm-hmm. I've uh, always believed people get addicted to to the the drugs that is given to them. Uh, yeah. And I mean that's like, you know, it's it's a reoccurring revenue so to speak for the medical field because that person gets addicted to the per- prescribed medication that the doc- that the doctor gave them. Okay, doc, my, I've got a bad, I don't know. I got a bad back. I need something for my pain. So they well, painkillers are one of the number one biggest. That is the biggest one. Addiction. Yeah, you, you don't get addiction. You don't. You know, somebody's not gonna hand you a thing of Paxil, which is an antidepressant, and be like, here you go. I don't look. As a man, <laughs> I can't stand taking Paxil because of the side effects. Okay. And that's just that. And you, you know, right. people aren't gonna get addicted to 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 an antidepressant because right. it makes them feel good. Yeah, it's gonna make them feel good, but it's not gonna do the same high. Right. And that's the thing. You're looking for that 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 dopamine high. Right. And uh, that's you know that's a whole other ball game that comes in with my addiction to why my bipolar and my addiction fed each other. You know, because the drugs the the hydrocodone that i eventually worked down to and i'll say this my drug dealer was a doctor he was a doctor my drug dealer was a was a was a um pain clinic slash rehab center doctor and he and i would go and you would see these people who have been addicted to these meds sitting out front smoking cigarettes talking you know this that and the other you know and i'm walking in coming out with scripts Mm. and he's just feeding me and that's the thing like when when he fed the way he fed me was he said hey man he goes i see doc's giving you 7.5 325 hydrocodone i said yeah he sure is he goes i'll tell you what let's just go ahead and bump things on up to 10 milligram 325 he goes Hydrocodone, he goes, and we'll just we'll just uh we'll we'll do it four times a day instead of six times a day. Why? Why? Yeah, what was his Le- reason? You 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 take the frequency out, and but you gave me a bigger high. You gave me a bigger high, and I I can't answer why to to be exact, but all I know is that he told me frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is the doctor said we're going to cut the frequency down. We'll and you're going to do what you think is best because he's the doctor. Exactly. Plus, you're getting to feed your need. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I I eventually got to the point where pain medicine didn't really get me high. It made me feel mentally better. You want to know why? Dopamine. Mm-hmm. It, ramped the, it ramped the dopamine in the brain up, which allowed me to be fulfilled, which allowed me to feel better. And I felt like Superman. I had this very grandiose behavior. Oh, yeah. 
uh, nothing's wrong with me, you know. But then, when I came off of them and I wanted to go back to being an EMT again, <laughs> that's when it uh, that's when it all hit the fan. Right. So, anyway. how did you overcome the addiction? How did I overcome right, the addiction? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on before we go there. Let's run out of, or let's do a couple of sponsors because I know we're about to get deep. Uh, sponsor number five, Sign Techniques, located in Rock Hill, South Carolina, has been locally owned and operated since 1990. They strive to create quality signs and provide excellent customer service at a competitive price. Contact TJ at 803-324-5400. Next in line is Spikes, Pork Skins, and Peanuts. Spike travels around York, Clover, and Rock Hill, South Carolina, cooking the freshest pork skins and bull peanuts on site, creating a variety of flavors from mild to wild. Contact Spike at 803-517-5103. All right, back to our recording. So what was your question again? How did you overcome? How did I overcome this? Well, there is, you know, I can't, I can't lay it to this at that time. But I know it now. If you, it says we all go to church together, we know this, and it, you've heard the verse before. We've seen it on, in stores, we've seen it on, on little picture frames and everything else. For children, everything. It's a famous one. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. And I'm going to start this, start this, this part of it with this. Share my 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Back then, I didn't have any hope. I didn't have a future. I had nothing. Nothing. What was your lowest point? <laughs> Do you, can you? I can tell you. It was. It was wanting to kill myself. Literally. Coming out of Fort Mill. Turning back off Young Blood towards back towards Lake Wiley, going down to the, down to the QT. I can't remember if the QT was there then or not. That was 2016. Flipping my truck around, flo- putting it in sport mode on the Ford, flooring it, coming up the Buster Boyd Bridge, coming up around that curve, and wanting to put my truck into a tree and kill myself. That's fact. Charlotte Fire Department ripped me out of my truck that night when I pulled into their station because at that time I was a Mecklenburg County EMS EMT. I had my dream career. I had it all. I had everything going for me. I had some of the best insurance in the nation. I had a, I was working for the best EMS agency in the, in the nation. My career was set. All I had to do next was go to paramedic school. Then I'd be a paramedic at Mecklenburg County EMS. But the thing is, is that before that, I went through something that nobody ever wants to go through in public service, and that's something called a line of duty death. April 30, 2016, Richard Sheltra perished in a fire off Pineville Matthews Road. And... um, I've dealt with a lot of death, a lot, but I've never dealt with grown men taking thousand, fifteen hundred dollar fire helmets and slamming them on the ground, screaming, crying out. It should have been me. It should have been me. There's one firefighter that he he's left. 
he's left Pineville he's he's left Pineville Volunteer Fire Department now if, from what I can tell um, he used to work at CMC and um, he was in IT and I um, I actually uh, when I would see him out in public the only two the only thing we'd look at each other and say is you doing all right yeah you doing all right yeah good to see you all right that's it that's all we talked about so just to be clear because i want to make sure i'm mm -hmm. following along you witnessed a firefighter die to a degree yes okay um but the thing about it is is that the night i decided that it was time to just end it all that i was giving up i ended up at cmc maine and when i ended up at cmc maine they ended, I ended up fighting the security, fighting the nurses. They gave me something called Haldol. It's a it's an antipsychotic, and it's a sedative. <laughs> it's uh, you've ever heard of? You're into horses, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thorazine. Yeah. It's 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 baby Thorazine. It's basically, what it is. Um. So you're you're an addict at this point. Mm -hmm. And the solution to helping you, was because suicide. you're out of control, was, was more drugs. Was suicide. No, he wanted to commit suicide. No, 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 no. I mean, they when gave me, the hospital yeah. gave me Haldol. It's a, it, that was to sedate me. It's a to, to knock me out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was getting to that part. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. So, <clears throat> they let me go the next morning. Or, yeah, something like that. Because that, that, that is very foggy for me, that portion. But then a week later, I ended up getting married on a whim. It was an idiotic move. But what is bipolar? You're riding that high at that point. Irrational behavior. Mm -hmm. It's dis it, To me, it's like a disor disorganized thought pattern. Mm -hmm. um, so I get married a week later. Well, the day before, I told the I went to the doctor's office and I said, "Hey, man." I said, "I tried to kill myself last week." I said, "But the thing is, is that that Ativan just ain't working anymore in terms of like helping my anxiety." He was like, "Do you want Xanax?" Sure. <laughs> well, if you're serving, I'll take. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm getting here now is uh -huh. their way of helping you is to prescribe you. Medicate a different drug, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's medicate you. Yes, and I had been given Ativan for my anxiety, actually, just more or less just to sleep, to help ease me into sleep. Those benzos are an anti-anxiety that, you know, for those who have to sleep at night after working a shift like EMS and working with the public and not knowing anything that could be going on at the next call, you know what I mean? You can't shut your brain off. You just can't. It's very hard to shut that brain off. But the thing is, they gave me the Ativan years prior, you know. And I would taken that for, for sleep and everything because I have a hard time sleeping. I do. Not now, though, because they give me something for that, too. Now, um, but a week later, I, I get the Xanax. When I get the Xanax, I get these thoughts in my brain the night that I get married and that is 
check her phone. Nah. No, no, no. Check her phone. You need to check her phone. What? This is me talking myself into things. Mm -hmm. Could have been more, could have been less. I don't know. (laughs) But what happened next was that I caught her sending some pictures that she shouldn't have been sending on our wedding night. And at that point, I lost it. Two days later, I ended up at Piedmont Medical Center. Tried to kill myself again. I took over, I know I took over 30 benzos. Just like I had in the, in the first attempt. But when I didn't die, and I woke up, I woke up and went into the kitchen at my parents' house, opened the drawer, and I took a whole bottle of Flexoril. What's that? Mm. Muscle relaxer. Okay. Why would I take that? Well, well, you know. Probably the only what, thing you could get your hands what's on. What's your lungs got to do? They got to move with muscles. I knew it would shut my respiratory system down. Mm-hmm. But now here's where that verse comes back into play. See, at that time, I had a, I had a he's, a, he's, he's five now, but he was one years old. He's a German short-haired pointer. His name is Moose. That dog never checked on me one single time. The way he checked on me that night. See, when I shut my door that night, I shut it and I slammed it. I went to slam it. That didn't work. The vacuum from the air conditioner being on kept it open. When that happened, he decided he was going to come check on me. And the next thing I know is I'm waking up taking this massive breath and him licking my face. See, I tell my patients this. If you don't believe in God before that very last, what I just told you, (laughs) you need to check your pulse. Mm -hmm. That's fact. See, there was a plan drawn for my addiction. That's when I ended up at Piedmont Medical Center. Spent seven days there. Came home. They had me on some meds that just did not agree. Ended up September 5th of 2016. That's my clean date. I overdosed one last time. Let's see. In the form of a police officer came an angel. Somebody who tried to save me. I called my parents when I got to Lake Wiley and I said, hey, you need to come get me. I'm overdosing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to get you. Okay, cool. I live. I lived in Clover, and at the time, this officer he used to work for Clover Police Department, and um, he uh, he's actually he's used to work at Rock Hill, and then went to Clover, and that's where I, when I met him. And but I met him in July, and in July when I met him, I, I asked him. I said, "Hey, man, you need to search me." He's like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, this it's 2016, man." You see what's happening? Police, fire, EMS, they're getting shot at right now by mental health, you know, crisis calls and patients. Come on. I don't need to search. Why? You're wearing sh- basketball shorts, dude. <laughs> I can see everything that's in your pockets. Like, right. there's nothing on you. <laughs> like, right. Oh. 
but that caregiver was still inside of me. But the thing is, is that he showed up again at my house when I called the cops to come get me, to come and l- tell my parents to give me my meds because I had a plan. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people I've ever seen in terms of therapists, doctors, D, all the above, he's the very first person to ask me this very next question. He told me, he said, he said, Alex, he goes, we, we've, we've both seen a lot in our careers. He goes, and I know that a lot of times that addiction happens in these careers. I was like, hey, you just don't understand, do you? He's like, no, I, 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 get, what you're t- I get what you're putting down here, man. He said, but just, just tell me what's wrong. First person that's ever asked me that in all this time. They didn't know how to ask me that. Nobody did. He did. He took me to the hospital. He gave me his phone number. And every night after I got out of treatment that he worked, he came to the house. But what happened was I did. I went to treatment for five days on a commitment on commitment papers for my addiction and for my bipolar. And I was still in denial of my bipolar disorder until I got home. And I went and saw my psychiatrist. And she looked at my papers and she goes... Well, the record tells me that you're bipolar. The moment she started medicating me with with one of the biggest drugs they give for bipolar disorder, which is lithium. Lithium. Once she started once she started medicating me with that and a couple other little things here and there to try and ease me just ease my nerves, my life changed. But what happened later on is the fact is that I needed to help those that are like me see I didn't go through all this just for no reason I like to tell my patients this as well that I talk to them I tell my recovery story on Friday whenever I talk to my patients and I because on Tuesdays Tuesdays and Wednesdays I teach the the dual diagnosis um, patients you know I teach recovery um I told them, I said, uh, you're not going through this just for any reason. But you're looking at a guy that had a 2.4 GPA in high school who has a 3.5 in college. All because he's medicated because of, because of a mental health death disorder that was never addressed. Appropriately. Appropriately, correct. <clears throat> so, I got through my my addiction not only through faith but I used willpower coping skills therapy and a psychiatry to get me to the other side it's teamwork it's and it's not just and it's not just one or two things you got to put that effort into addiction to bring yourself to that other side and your addiction and your recovery is what has led you to where I'm at in terms of and yes. the work that you do exactly. now. Exactly. And the, and that's the thing. I told I you know when I walked out of when I walked out of the Carolina Center for Behavioral Health in Greenville, I said to myself, You're not safe out here. You're safe behind on on this side of the threshold. But on the other side, you're not. What are you gonna do with it? So now now that you know and you've <clears throat> been through all this mm-hmm are you 
cautious in everything you do and consume and does it are you are you constantly thinking okay am i going to get addicted to this whether it be food whether it be uh caffeine whatever it is no because of the fact that um it's kind of funny um and i'm not saying hold on so no i'm not i'm not cautious in that way because i have i have fought that i have fought that beast I now know how to get to the other side, and I know who to call, when to call, where to turn to, and who to run to. And that's fact. You know, they, they've, when I had my first knee surgery in 2018, post-recovery of mm-hmm. addiction, what'd they give me? A nerve block. What'd they give me? Fentanyl, first said. What'd they give me to go home with? Oxycodone. They didn't. They, they quit doing the oxycontin. Now they do oxycodone. They do oxycodone. That stuff is vicious. It is bad. It is bad. I it is very bad. But here's the fun part. Here's the fun fact, real quick. So September 11th of this year, <clears throat> I had my fourth knee surgery on this right knee, mm. and I only took four days worth of pills. I was done. The moment it made me feel sick, that was it. I was done. I had surgery back in June, and they gave me, uh, sent me home with oxycodone. That's you know how many I took? Zero. One. One. Yeah. And some people can take it. Some people can't. Fifteen minutes of taking it, it. I woke up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I went outside. I don't remember making it back to bed. Oh, well, that was when you woke I came up in the hallway. the hallway, coming back inside, and I blacked out and hit the floor. And when I came to, wow. my breathing was very heavy. My knees and my legs were tucked in up underneath me behind my back. And I slept through all of it. Never even knew Everybody slept through all of it because I fell in the hallway right in front of our youngest daughter's bedroom door. And she didn't hear me hit the floor. Really? I never took another one. I was like, I ain't. Well, I mean, you do need a cheeseburger or two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all both can kiss it. <laughs> I just had to. I had the opportunity, okay? (laughs) I had the opportunity. Nice jab, nice jab. There's an old saying, and she can attest to this. Our kids can attest to this. I'm hardcore in a lot of things when it comes to parenting, and, and, and I just, I'm the type of person that... I believe you can control your thoughts and your actions. I talk about it you all can. the time on social media. And I'm a big component or a, a big, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, supporter of yeah. that. Yeah. Because I've dealt with my own addictions. Mm-hmm. I would dare say I'm probably bipolar. I've never been officially diagnosed. You are not bipolar. No, I don't see that. I have lived with someone with bipolar okay, for good. 11 years. Me, you are I, not I feel, bipolar. All right, I feel good about that because I've had other people tell me they thought I was. You're not but bipolar. But there's an old saying that you can't help an addict until they're ready to help their self. Is so, that true? You know what's funny? Yes and no. Because here's why. Here's why I say that, okay? Because just the other day, Last Tuesday, yeah, last last Tuesday, I I taught on faith in recovery, and 
the one kid that I thought would not, he's not a kid, he's a teenager. The one he's teenager, I, yeah. He's a kid. He's a kid. Yeah, yeah, he's fresh 18, so. Um, but anywho, he, he, he told everybody, I'm not going to treatment. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I didn't know this yet. I didn't know that fact about him yet. When I got done with all the, with the whole teaching of faith and recovery and using the Bible and things, you know, using verses and everything, dude walks up to me the next day and goes, you're the reason why I'm going to treatment. Whoa, 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 whoa. And it goes right back to what you said. You went through all this for a reason. Right, and I looked at him and I said, I, I, no, I'm not the reason. You, you made your mind up that it's time. He goes, no. I never looked at recovery the way you look at it. But I like the way you look at it, and I'm going to do it. And I said, oh. And um, we actually have like these little, like the, like the basically a, it's a big thank you card, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks good in our file when we give it to our boss. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm not saying that as a, you know, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that when we get them, we're, we are to turn them in so that it goes into our file. And it's just like more record of, hey, this is why we keep this guy, mm-hmm. you know. And um, <laughs> I walked in there and I was just, da, 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 da. you know, and I walked in there and I said, hey, there you go. She looked at it. She read it. She goes, huh, really? Because of you? I said, you know it's because of me. But it's not just because of me. It's what I do and how I do it. Right. And she goes, and this is why I wanted you here. Right. And I'm the one that they wanted to bring from the emergency room to the floor to work. Well, like I said, it goes back to what it you goes, said. It does. You, go, you went through all this for a reason. Right. There's people in today's time with COVID that people are quarantining. They've lost their jobs. They've become an addict to cope with all the depression some people are depressed and they're going through tough times and they don't see why they're going through this people ask the question all the time you know talking about the bible and talking about god why does god punish me if your god is a loving god why does he let bad things happen to good people matthew eighteen twelve tells you this okay what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? God will come chase you down. And he chased me right now. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had, I had my issues with my faith. But that is fact. He will leave the 99. Mm-hmm. So I come to you. Exactly. I love the song. God. Ah, I love it. Um, But one thing I, I, you know, I I, I, I preach big time about is that I don't preach. I just, I teach. (laughs) There we go. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, if you go down, if I can find it right here. The cross reference for, for that verse is Deuteronomy 21. 
when you when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses chariots and an army larger than yours do not be afraid of them for the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt is with you when when i stand and i tell my recovery story the very last thing i tell them is that is the psalms though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death you're in the valley the shadow of death is over you and you're facing literal mental physical death trust in God to get you out of there have faith in God and faith in recovery from addiction to get you out of there because when you go out to war when I came out of treatment when you come out of treatment when you come out of addiction against your enemies drugs, sex, porn, alcohol, whatever it be. And see horses, chariots, and an army larger than yours because those addictions are bigger than you at times. Mm -hmm. And they always will be. Mm -hmm. You just have to know how to be bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. But he brought you out of the land of Egypt. He brought you out of addiction. Um, one of the biggest things that I, I, I tell now is that you need to have faith in God to get out of this. You do. But you also got to have willpower. You got to have the ability. You got to put in the work. And you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say about some of the things that, I have, that have come up over the past few months to me is that when my grandfather died in 97, I never knew why this verse stuck with me so hard. And it is true to this day of why I now know. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. See, when I die... I'll have fought the good fight. Tough fight. Very tough. Because recovery from addiction is not easy. There's going to be really dark clouds over you at days. But I'll have finished my race and I'll have kept the faith that I can do this. That God can keep me from doing this. And going back down that temptation, down that road to temptation to lead me back to addiction. But a crown of righteousness is in store for me. So if you had to, if, if you were not necessarily mm-hmm. speaking with an addict, but you were speaking with one of their family members, mm-hmm. and they, they're distraught, they don't know what else to do, they've already talked to, say, their dad, their brother, their mom, their wife, their husband, their children, and... They can't get through to them. Is there any advice that you would give them? Keep trying. There's no s- there's no secret magical thing to make that person wake up, pay attention, and listen to what you're saying. I'm not trying to be narcissistic or self-loathing or any of this. You're looking at him. Somebody like me. That can come in there and say, listen they here. they got to be able to relate. I've been in the gutter too, bro. I've been there. This ain't fun. 
let's talk about some treatment options. Let's talk about how we can do this. See, treatment is not about what you, you, or what I want. It's about what they want. How they want to do it. It's patient-centered. That's the way my role works. It's patient-centered. And when I go patient-centered instead of patient-forced, it works. It works. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the state of South Carolina has not really, truly adopted peer support the way North Carolina has. It's my next project, though. Um, working with families is a big thing in addiction. But an addict seeing somebody who's gone through it and come out to the other side, it really hits home. See, I keep a spreadsheet of every single patient I've ever seen since May. Because that's when I went to the floor to inpatient to start working. Right now, I'm right at 500 patients. Wow. Sixty to eighty, uh, seventy to eighty percent have not returned. That's, to, that's, that's phenomenal. State of South Carolina needs to get. <laughs> I hate to say it, they need to do better in their mental health. Right, and, and that's fact. And, and and this this county, York County, is rampant with it all. Mm -hmm. It's sickening how bad it is here. And the cops can only do so much. God bless them too. Right. I, I'm 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 full force, you know, for law enforcement mm -hmm. and what they do, and they can only do so much. But being an advocate to them as well, which in these times, at this time, and at this day and age, it's not easy. But back in the day, they used to be able to be advocates and not get you know f to police and all this that and the other, you know. You're a pig, you're this, you're that. It, you know, I don't believe in that. And I even stopped that kind of language in my group. Mm -hmm. Nah, nah, stop. We don't, we don't talk like that in this group. Because they're actually here for the greater good. They're trying to help you, honestly. I mean, one last thing I'd say is that if a family member ever involuntarily commits somebody for mental health and or substance abuse... That patient or that fam the, the, the receiving family member of an involuntary commitment should never be mad. It's all about love. They're trying to save you some way, somehow. It's fact. Right. There's a lot of people against involuntary commitments. I'm not. I am, but I'm not. This might not be a valid question, but do you see a difference in recovery rate when it's voluntary versus uh, involuntary? Yes. Eh, not yes and no. It, it's, it, things have changed on that unit since I've been there in terms of they say, hey, listen, Alex Peer Support's here. They're like, ooh, what's that? And they hone in. And they start to change. Things start to change. 
I got a guy now. I mean, he absolutely loves me. He was there in November. No, first of December into November, something like that. And he came back on the 28th. I think it was. Yeah, 28th. He saw me come into the come into the unit one that morning. He walked in. He goes, "Oh man, no, not you again." I said, "Yep, yeah, I'm back. I'm still here." He goes, "Man, I was hoping I wouldn't have to see you because I didn't want you to have to see me." Yeah. I'm so like, he relapsed. He relapsed real quick. Meth and heroin. Mm. Went to treatment too and left. But that's he's he's a special he's a special kid. I love him to death. I'd do anything in the world for him in those walls of the hospital. So, Well, let's do these uh, last three sponsors. Do not hang up, y'all. Listen to these last three sponsors, and then we'll end with a special thing that we're going to do. Do you have something you want to say, babe? You look like you're going to say something. No, I'm good. <laughs> Alex, you good? I'm good. I just didn't think we were going to read through all that like we did last time. Spice it up a little bit, but go ahead. And I, well, let me say this. I mean, not unless you need to do that first. No, go ahead. I do want to say this. If anybody that is listening, if you are experiencing any type of mental health emergency, crisis, any type of uh, yes. substance abuse crisis, anything like that, please go straight to your local emergency room. Uh, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't collect $200 as you pass go. Don't, just go straight to there <laughs> um, and, and receive the help that you need. Um, you know, if, if, if there's anything that, you know, I guess I could do for you, reach out to, to the suit in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> they can, they can get you in contact with me and I can talk Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Real quick. Firehouse construction, specializing in residential replacement windows, vinyl siding and bathroom remodeling. Contact stick at 704-904-5832 for all of your home remodeling needs. Mr. Bearded Mother Trucker, your local source for premium beard oil and apparel. You can order direct from the Etsy website. For every bottle of beard oil they sell, they will donate $1 to Truckers Against Trafficking. Latest review he received was best company with the greatest products. My husband loves them, and I'm a happy wife. <coughs> and then last but not least, 360 Supply. 360 Supply isn't just dirt, it's dirty. Product handled and sold by individuals who know what it's like to get dirty for a living. Mulch, sand, riprap, we got it all. We also handle special orders. If we don't have the exact size, color, or dirt you're looking for, contact them. They are open tomorrow at 803-328-3360. We actually have a new sponsor. We do? They Didn't nobody write it down? Haven Miller. Haven Miller. Haven Miller, State Farm Agent in Rock Hill, South Carolina, 140 yep. East Main Street, Suite 220. <laughs> Contact her at 803-327-3276. And Haven, I am reading that straight from your State Farm koozie. Nice koozie, by the way. Nice koozie. All right, real quick. So this is a new year, 2021. It's time for us to uh, change things up a little bit. Mr. Tony Breeden does something where he starts every podcast. With the Pledge of Allegiance. With the Pledge of Allegiance. I want to end our podcast with prayer. You okay with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, since you're our special guest, do you want to lead it? If not, say no, I'll do it. That's fine. I can go ahead. Go ahead, brother. 
Lord, thank you, uh, first off, for, for the opportunity to come and, and, and speak on a podcast and talk about addiction and um, something that you, 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 you did put me through and you, you got me through and you got me to the other side and you showed me my worth and you showed me my value. Um, I want to thank you for the, the, the friendship that I have uh, with Dugan and um, uh, him wanting me to come on to this podcast and, and talk about this. And uh, more than anything, Lord, uh, thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for for getting us through 2020 alive. Uh, uh, and please, Lord, bless us through 2021. Um, Give us, give us more, more wisdom through your word and and uh, through being able to go to church and and thank you for just allowing um, us to still be on earth at this time in such unprecedented times and through all the struggles that we've been through, we've seen um, and whatnot. Uh, in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 That's it, y'all. Catch you next episode. See ya.